Let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, and we'll look at verses 4 to 15. That's Luke 8, chapter 4. Yeah, Luke chapter 8, verses 4 to 15. Luke 8, starting at verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering, and the people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones that are on, that are on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. If you have your Bibles, please turn back to that passage that Ken read for us earlier in Luke chapter 8. Now, many of you are probably familiar with that passage in one sense or another, the parable of the sower. You have probably read it, you have probably heard it. But sometimes it's good to cover some familiar territory again. Rain in Saskatchewan at this time of the year is usually a blessing but only if it doesn't rain too much or too long or too hard, only if it rains enough. In Saskatchewan, we understand what it takes to get a crop, I think. There is all kinds of work that needs to be done before a crop gets in the bin. And I think the whole point of all that effort is to get that crop to market and to get a check or a deposit in the bank at the end of all that. Now it takes perseverance to get a crop. And when the rains don't come, or they come at the wrong time or at the wrong volume, there is no crop and the farmer may have to wait a year or two to finally see results. And Christian life is like that as well. Life doesn't always smile. The other day life smiled. Today life smiles because we had a million dollar rain. But life doesn't always smile, and conditions aren't always perfect. In fact, 
much like farming, life doesn't always go the way that we'd like it to go or expect it to go or planned it to go. And sometimes we have to go through disasters. And I think Jesus teaches us in this parable that you and I need to persevere in life. We need to stick with it. We need to keep going in spite of the circumstances. And if we're going to do that, uh, there are a couple of things that we need to understand. One is we need to understand this parable a little bit. But then we also need to, to go beyond that, beyond the basics that are in this parable. Let's go through that parable a little bit. Jesus said about a sower, a farmer went out to sow his seed. <coughs> we like that picture. We're in Saskatchewan. We understand that. But when I was in Israel a number of years ago, the fields, Israel is not laid out like Saskatchewan is. It isn't, uh, it isn't miles and miles wide and miles and miles long, laid out in grid roads that are separated into nice quarters or nice sections and into quarter sections where you can go up and down, back and forth a quarter of a mile or half a mile or even a mile at a time in your tractor before you have to turn around and go back the other way. In Israel, Israel is, is famous for, they, they have two things that they, they don't know what to do with. One of them is rock, and the other one is garbage. But there, there's a huge mountain of garbage outside of Tel Aviv, and that's a whole other story. But if you could find a market for rock, Israel's got lots of it. And, and a field, the fields are, are, are shaped in whichever way, wherever the rocks aren't, is where you grow stuff. Now, around Galilee, around the Sea of Galilee, down in the bottom there, yes, there are nice laid-out fields where they grow vegetables and, uh, and they have, you know, this drip irrigation and all this nice stuff. But the other fields, are, they're kind of helter-skelter. There's nothing straight about rocks. Did you ever notice when, when God makes stuff, he never makes anything straight? God is a God of order, but there's no 90-degree corners, nothing that's perfectly round. I mean, like, like God is has a sense of humor. I mean, like, you know, if I was to build a building, we would build it square, and, and, and he doesn't work like that. And so a farmer went out to sow, and, and the roads happened to go sometimes through the middle of the fields as well. But the Bible talks about the seed being the word of God. When Jesus went to explain the parable, he said the seed is the word of God. And much like the seed that the farmers in Saskatchewan put in the ground, the seed of the word of God is a supernatural life all of its own. I asked a farmer one time, you know, how he felt about it. He said, all I do is put the seed in the ground. There's something magical that happens with that seed when it gets put into the ground and it gets the right amount of moisture. Jeremy, throw that text up there from... Isaiah chapter 55, if you would, please. God says, my word, uh, his word is like this. My word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. One of the privileges that I have as a pastor is handling the word of God, and the word of God has a supernatural life all of its own. It speaks to people's heart, and sometimes... I just stand back and, and, and like I sow the word and then I watch it blossom and sprout and you go, wow, does that really happen? 
Does that, you know, like, and it takes root in, in, in someone's life and, and someone hears the gospel and the, the seed germinates and, uh, and, and you ask someone, well, have you ever asked Jesus to come into your heart? And, and the, the guy says, no. And, uh, and then I said, well, would you like to do that now? He said, you mean I can do that here? Yeah, it's that simple. And when I see the word of God alive and at work in your lives, I, I'm just astounded that God is at work, that this, this, this word of God has this supernatural life all of its own, and, and we get to handle it, we get to touch it, we get to read it, and we get to give it to other people, we get to sow it. And you and I have a responsibility to do that, and we'll talk about that a little bit. And then Jesus talked about the different kinds of soil. It doesn't do any good to, to go out and sow the seed on a grid road. It's not going to germinate there. The birds are going to come and carry it away. The vehicles are going to scatter all over the road. There's some soil that is rocky, that is shallow. There's soil that is weedy and, and things choke up and, and grow up and choke out the good seed. But there's, then there's the good stuff. And, and Jesus talked about the four different kinds of soil. And I'm not really wanting to go there today. But I want to ask a little bit about what our responses are to that. My question is, do we sow the seed? Okay, you and I have a responsibility to sow the seed. Do we do that? And if you don't, or if you're not doing much of it, you have to ask yourself the question, well, then how would I do that? And, and I thought about this a little bit. I thought, how would I sow seed? How can people sow seed? Well, think about this a little bit. Let's say you invented something. You invented a new widget that you think everybody should have. How would you get that widget? How would you get people to buy that widget? What would you need to do as an inventor, as, as a manufacturer, to get people to buy your stuff? What do you need to do? Don't you need to advertise and advertise in such a way that people will want something? Like, why do you buy the toothpaste that you buy? Is it because you saw a commercial, or because you heard about it, or because your grandma used it, or because you like it, or because it, I don't know, maybe it makes your teeth white, or, or whatever. But, but how do we sow the seed? I don't know. How do merchants sell stuff? How many of you went to the trade fair here a couple months ago? Did you see the mop guy? on the corner selling mops. He sold mops like crazy. Why? He ran out of mops because why did he sell mops? Because he, he did it in such a way that people bought them. I mean, my daughter sucked into it. <laughs> you know, but, but you need to sow the seed if you're going to you know, there, there's no point in, in, in coming to inside Emmanuel Baptist Church with your mops and saying mops for sale and, and then expecting people to walk in here and buy it on a Saturday afternoon. He went to the trade fair and he bought a booth and, and, and he's out there and he's, he's selling mops and he's demonstrating this thing. I'll give you two for one if you buy it today. You know, if you're going to sow the seed, like get out there and do it. 
and somehow we have to promote and distribute the product. So guys, here's a good one for you. What do you talk about when you talk about stuff? And, and this is a guy thing. Uh, ladies, you can do well, you can listen to this for a minute because it'll help you understand us. I went to play tennis one time with a friend. Uh, and so I went to play tennis, I came home, and my wife says to me, so, how's, how's your friend? I don't know. Well, how's his wife? I don't know. Um, you know, did they have a good time on holidays? I don't know. How are their kids? I don't know. She says, what did you do? I said, we played tennis. So one question that I have, do you sow the seed? Second question that I have is this. What kind of soil does the seed find in your life? Okay, number one, do you sow the seed? Number two, when the seed gets thrown at you, what kind of soil does it land in? Does it land in, on something hard and just bounce off? Does it land in a place where it's shallow and, and okay, well, that's kind of cool, and then you get, you know, stuff happens and you just get busy? Uh, or does it land in a place where all the other stuff of life just, you know, I don't have time for this, I got too much going on in my life? Or does it land in good soil? And we all want to be one of the good ones. And if we're going to go beyond the basics, we need to take a look inside our own lives and say, you know, what kind of soil does the seed land in? Like, I want to be one of the good ones. I don't want to plan to fail. I want to be one of the good ones. And I don't think anyone sets a goal of being a failure, but the basic human tendency that all of us suffer, well, let's put it this way. The basic human tendency that I suffer from, and I think many of us here do as well, is that we tend to let things run down. See? We tend to let things run down and to let things slide. And we tend to get comfortable with being in a rut. Years ago, I did an interim pastorate in my home church and one of my buddies owned a logging truck and he decided to go on a, uh, he was all dithering around whether or not he, would, he was going to go to some, take his wife and family on, on a holiday to Edmonton and, and, and he was dithering around because he was going to have to shut his truck down and stuff like that and, and I thought, well, I was just doing an interim thing at, at our home church and it wasn't very busy. All they wanted me to do was just basically do services. They had me hired half time. I thought, you know what, and, and he was one of my good friends, and, and, and I knew he would be okay with this. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go to his place and grab his logging truck, and I'll go drive his truck for a couple of days and make him some money. So I did. And, and he was absolutely meticulous about maintaining his truck. But what had happened was that, that the steering on the truck had gradually become more and more worn. And as I was herding that thing down the highway at 100K with a load of logs behind me, I'm wandering all over the road and I'm having to chase this thing. And, and oh, man. And when he got back a few days later, I said, you need to fix your truck, dude. And he said, and he took a look at it and he found exactly where the problem was. And, and, and he said, you know, it happened so gradually over time 
that I never really noticed how bad it was until you told me. And that's what happens in our spiritual lives. You know, the weeds grow up, the soil gets dried out and stuff like that, and we tend to be content with less than the ideal. It's like most of you have been here long enough. You remember that old red and white beater truck, that rust bucket that I used to drive? You were so proud of me, right? You made me park it right in the very back end of the parking lot. I drove that thing for seven years, I think. Not because I had to, but because I could. And then I traded it off, and I got a newer truck. And I thought, why did I drive that piece of junk that long? You know, like, you just get used to it. We need to be careful with that. So, the Bible says, Jesus said here, verse 15, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. What does it take to produce a crop? Four things. One, it takes a noble and good heart. It takes a heart that is dedicated to excellence, a heart that is dedicated to praiseworthiness, something that is good, a heart that will strive. It takes, you need to have a noble and excellent heart. Then you need to hear the word. Not just come here on Sunday morning, but you need to hear the word. My question is, do you submit yourself to the word? We have this project going at Emmanuel Baptist Church of reading a chapter of Proverbs every day. How are you doing with that? Is that sliding sometimes? Do you hear the Word of God? Do you put yourself in a situation where you receive the Word of God? Are you there to hear it, to get it for yourself? Thirdly, you need to retain it. It means to hold fast or to keep it secure or to hold it firm. You need to not only hear the word, but you need to retain it. When a farmer seeds, and I quizzed Gary Doyle on this the other day because he was telling me about his cedar. And Bill, you'll probably understand this too, but he was telling me that he has a cedar that puts the fertilizer an inch and a half below the seed, and then the seed goes on either side of that, and then it gets covered up because if you don't retain it, it's not going to grow. You need to have a noble and good heart. You need to hear the word. Put yourself in a place where the word of God can come into your life. Thirdly, you need to retain it rather than just let it bounce off you this morning and walk out the door and forget about it. And then Jesus said, and by persevering, produce a crop. Do you retain the word? You know, some people retain water, right? Some people retain gas, right? There's always evidence. <laughs> now, let me ask you something. You squeeze someone like that, you'll, you will, you know, doctor squeezes your foot, you're retaining water. Someone squeezes your tummy and you're retaining gas, there's evidence. Now, when you get squeezed, when life comes unglued for you, when you get squeezed, what comes out? Is it something putrid? Or is it something out of the word of God? Think about that. 
And then you persevere. Persevering is the characteristic of someone who has not swerved from his purpose and his loyalty. Do you persevere? And perseverance involves a whole lot more than lying or laying, and I can never get those two words straight, so excuse me for that. But perseverance involves a whole lot more than laying flat like a field. Perseverance, if you're going to persevere, it's going to take continuous, deliberate, diligent, intelligent, and persistent effort. Perseverance is the opposite to cowardice and despair. I remember hearing, I was on a search and rescue exercise with the Canadian Armed Forces, and they showed us uh, a scenario. The, the search and rescue technician showed us a scenario of where they had actually found some people who had crashed a small airplane on a glacier. And they got to him in time and rescued him, but they were just laying there in the snow, and they're, 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 they were saying, well, we didn't know what to do, so we just lay down in the snow. You don't just wait to die. You persevere. You keep on living. It takes deliberate, diligent, intelligent, and persistent effort. And it's something that you and I can do. Even if you're not persevering now, you can make it part of your life like physical exercise. Every little bit counts. And if you're not persevering, it's time to get off your spiritual backside and to start putting some effort into your life. Let me give you a challenge. Get into the Word of God. Hear it. Develop a noble and a good heart. Hear the word of God. Retain it and persevere and produce a crop. And you might ask yourself, well, why should I do this? Because I guarantee it. If you do, number one, you'll feel better. And number two, you will be laying up treasures in heaven. The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Father, thank you so much that you're always there for us. You're there to uphold us. And even though we stumble, we will never fall because you uphold us with your right hand. Father, as we leave this place, we ask that you would guard our hearts. Lord, impress upon us the things that we have heard today. Lord, help us to develop noble and good hearts. Help us to put ourselves under the ministry of the word so that we hear it and then to work at it to, to retain it and then to produce a crop by persevering. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.